0: It's Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles. What an egg they laid on Thanksgiving weekend. The Sixers are in a funk. The Flyers are in a fog. What a lousy week in Philly sports. But, hey, on a better note, hopefully we get to find out on Sunday, December 5th, that Dick Allen has become a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that. What about the Iron Bowl that I got to go to and all the ensuing chaos in college football since Saturday
1: night? There's plenty to talk about. We're going to cover it all. Yeah, as I said in my little uh, promo preview thing last night, the one positive thing, I guess, other than Joel Embiid returning to the Sixers' action is the fact that the Union, yeah, the soccer team, the Union, are heading to the MLS East Finals this weekend, and they will get to host the game, as it turns out. Other than that, though, yeah, not a great week at all for our Philly teams. In fact, I think we need, Bill, to hear from Coach Mora again this week. (laughs) Playoffs? Don't talk about Playoffs? You kidding me? (laughs)
0: <laughs> ah, isn't that the truth? I well, wait, we're going to get to the Eagles with our guest, Mark Eckel, who's going to be joining us at about 10 after, uh, there's certainly plenty to talk about. And what is this union thing you talk about?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, there are some diehard union fans. They're even getting a little, a little buzz on, you know, some of the sports talk radio stations, because this is the first time that they're actually playing in a conference final. So good for them. And, you know, I've been to a couple of games and, uh, not this year, but in the past. And they do have some rowdy fans, and it is a great atmosphere. So, yeah, we don't talk much about soccer, and we're not going to talk much about it tonight. But it is a great atmosphere at the stadium, and uh, I, I just hope that they can get to the final. That would be kind of exciting for the city and all the soccer fans who are here.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you what, Chet. If we're resorting to rooting for the Union, <laughs> we, we got problems. We got, And we do have problems. So We do. Uh, Hey, the Sixers, they've lost 7 of 10. Uh the Flyers have lost 6 in a row. It's getting ugly early as they say. Uh let's talk some Sixers. They're in Boston tonight. Uh we'll get to the Flyers
1: later. Yeah, the Sixers have struggled obviously you know thanks to covid and injuries and whatnot and missing a bunch of games Now he finally came back over the weekend they lost a tough one then they won an ugly one against a very bad orlando team so you know he's still getting back into it but he he's you know he was able to put up 42 points i think in his first game second game which wasn't surprising he struggled a bit with his shooting and looked a little tired out there but then again so did the whole team and you know they didn't have covid all of them but uh you know, you're going to have this. Even Tyrese Maxey has had such a great year, had a rough night the other night. But they got the win, which is the most important thing. And they're just on the, the fringe of a playoff spot in the East right now. But I'm pretty sure better days are ahead as they get guys back in action. And we don't know what's going to happen with number 25. Who knows?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it it's, it's odd because to me, watching the Sixers, you watch the Flyers, and, you know, we could throw them all in the pot here on this one. It seems so many nights these teams are coming out. Like you said, they're either tired or they're unprepared or whatever. They just come out and the Eagles look the same way on Sunday. It's like they all ate too much turkey or or something. <laughs> I don't know. But they they too many times they're coming out without energy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you hate to see that in any sport, but You should never see that in an NFL game because you play once a week, for God's sake. So, uh, yeah, there's there's no excuse for that. But in an 82 game season like the Sixers or Flyers play, you're going to have a few duds thrown in there. Especially sometimes it seems against a bad team who maybe you take for granted, and uh, you know the Sixers playing a team up in Boston tonight that's playing, you know, a little better than we expected them to. So the Sixers have a lot of ground to make up in the East, obviously, but the good news is the season's only one quarter over at this point, so there's a long way to go.
0: Yeah, well, and, and unfortunately, you know, the, the COVID does play into this, but they, they've they spotted everybody else a handful of games, and, you know, it's not like you're chasing down one team. you got to chase down a whole bunch to climb over a whole bunch of teams to get back where you want to be. Um, they certainly need to get this thing turned around and and do it somewhat quick, and they've got to do it with others besides Joel Embiid.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out over the next few weeks. You know, they they're pretty much at full strength right now, other than the guy whose name you don't want to mention because we don't know what's going to happen there. We talked last week about that, and nobody knows for sure if he's going to be here actually playing at some point or if this thing's going to linger until the trade deadline or beyond in February, who knows? Well, he's not going to play here. I don't see there's any way that
0: he plays here, especially the longer this thing drags on. Um, you know, I, I just hope that they don't get backed in a corner losing games to the point that they say we have to make a move and they make a move and they don't get value or don't get good enough value for him because, The guy's going to be able to play somewhere, I think, unless he's just a complete mental
1: mess and never plays again. Uh, But he's not going to play here. But you know what? Two years ago, we said Brandon Graham would never be back as an Eagle. Last January, we said Zach Ertz, 95%, wouldn't be back as an Eagle. So you never know, Bill. Sometimes strange things do happen. But I'm going to put it at about 1.5% that – ben simmons plays one, and nice the okay. one and a half okay okay
0: one and a half all right so let me take you one step further let's just say that guy dresses up puts his number 25 goes back out in the wells fargo center jim chet chesco has a ticket to that particular night
1: what's chet got to say to number 25 shoot the ball Shoot the Shoot damn the ball, ball or get the hell out of town. That's what I'm going to say to Ben.
0: <laughs> Does he get a cheer? Does he get a boo? No,
1: he doesn't get an immediate cheer from me. It's it's uh, I'm going to pretend I'm from Missouri, and he's going to have to show me before I cheer him again. So, uh, yeah, he's going to have to, if he were to play, you know, he's going to have to play a few games and show that he really wants to be part of the team and that he's willing to actually take a shot beyond three feet from the basket. Well, he's going to, he's going to have to show me a whole
0: heck of a lot because it that you, you point out Zach Ertz, Brandon Graham, completely different situations. You know, those were contract deals right, and, and right. other things. Uh, this is just a guy that has no heart. Uh, you know, he's packed it in on this team and this organization and this fan base. I got no time for. It.
1: Oh, yeah, the only similarity was that you know pretty much everybody thought that those guys weren't coming back because of the contract situation, uh, and yet they did come back. This, as you said, is a very different situation. It's not the contract. He's got a great contract. Uh, it's just, you know, the mental thing, the pressure he feels, uh, the anger he feels toward the organization. It's a mess, and I just hope something happens soon. I tell you what,
0: Chad, I get up 4 30 in the morning, and I'm supposed to be retired to go to work. They don't pay me three hundred sixty thousand dollars a game. (laughs) Really?
1: I thought no, no.
0: You know, and and there's a lot of days I don't feel like doing it either. But you know what? You get up and do it, and uh, for a whole lot less, all of us do it for a whole lot less than three hundred sixty thousand dollars a night.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We're gonna talk Eagles in a minute when our, uh, our our visitor joins us. Our visitor from down in South Carolina. And uh, boy, they did lay a stinker out there on Sunday. I mean, they had they had the shot to win it still in the final minute, despite playing miserably. But we got to talk to uh, Mister Echel about that when he joins us. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, when he joins us, we'll get to that. But hey, Chad, I wanted to throw this out there because you know we're in the season of giving, and many people are in need at this time of the year. So if you're looking to help a friend, we got one for you, Carolyn Smith. Remember that name, Chet. Carolyn Smith is on a journey to adopt all 100 grandparents at the Broomall Manor in Brumall, Pennsylvania. Okay? She chose Broomall Manor in memory of her grandmom who had lived there, and her team at the New Skin are raising money for gifts to donate to assisted living homes in the area. Many of the residents will not be able to see family this Christmas due to COVID restrictions still, so she's asking for a $25 donation, uh, which will gift... Uh, soothing hands, hand lotion, foot lotion, pairs of socks, crossword puzzle books, cookies, things for, for the elderly. Donations are being accepted via Venmo at Carolyn dash or hash, hashtag Smith28. That's at sign C-A-R-O-L-Y-N hyphen S-M-Y-T-H-2-8. Carolyn Smith, 28 Every little bit helps, Chet. Uh, we certainly, we've been through it with our, our parents. Uh, we can't forget our elderly, that's for sure.
1: Ah, yes. Yeah, good cause. So uh, help out if you can. Absolutely. Well, hey, Chet, uh,
0: as we said, great guest returning uh, tonight in our pal Mark Echo. It looks like Mark is with us sitting in the sidelines. So get him out of the penalty box and bring him on. So I'm sure he's got an opinion or two about those birds. Hey, Mark. How are you guys doing?
1: I was, what,
2: what was I in the box. Was, was it a two-minute minor? Uh, I think that was
1: a 10-minute misconduct. Oh, yeah. If mean, you know, watched go. the I, Eagles I, all I, I day, it miss- was a 10-minute misconduct. <laughs> <laughs> Tilt your camera so we can yeah, see I mean, a little more I mean, of your yeah. smiling face. There oh, you hey, go. there you go. Right. You know, Mark, in the original agenda that Bill sent me, he called you an old war horse, but he apparently thought better of that. But well, no,
0: what I did, Mark, is we were supposed to have another guest and it was going to be her first time visit. So I was giving her first time props and then the old war horse was coming back, Mm. you know. How many
1: many, many times? How many times? That's true. Uh, this is number sixteen, I believe, for you, Mark. Is it real? sweet sixteen 16 or seventeen? You're still that's among the leaders, you,
0: but makes you a warhorse. Well, the fact that I, I, I haven't they- worked in,
2: in almost five years, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good I think Ray Diddy's at eighteen, so you got
1: you got to catch Ray. Right. Well, um, hey, listen, if that's the only guy I'm behind. I'm okay with that. That's right. Um, let's talk about those Eagles. I don't know how much you get to see them anymore down in South Carolina. Of- I mean, not every well, not every
2: minute of every game like I used to, but
1: know. It was kind of painful on Sunday for us Eagles fans because uh, I mean they ran the ball okay, but they got away from that a little early, and then Jalen Hurts had one of his worst games. What do you make of what you've uh, seen out of this young quarterback and this team here in uh, 2021?
2: Well, I'm not. I'm again. When you're outside of it, you you kind of see things a little differently. I think. Um, I don't. I like Hurts. I do. Um, now people are going. Now you're going to. Don't ask me if he's a franchise quarterback because I don't even know what that means anymore. He's their franchise. He's that franchise's quarterback. So yes, he's a franchise. I think he's good enough if you present him with a sound offensive philosophy and some better players around him. And you can say that about anybody, right? But the guy, the guy knows how to win. He, he, he's been a winner everywhere he's been. his teammates seem to like him, which is important. And I like, I love his, I I like him after the game, sometimes more than during the game. He says the right things Mm -hmm. of all the quarterbacks that that I've covered with the Eagles. and I've covered a lot of them. He's right up there in terms of, he doesn't point the finger. He doesn't blame his line. He doesn't blame the receivers. He doesn't, which he could, he could, you know, we've had quarterbacks or you've had quarterbacks up there. They didn't mind pointing fingers. <laughs> he mm-hmm. points at himself, even when he shouldn't sometimes. So I, I like a lot of things about him. Um, I thought early in the year they it was criminal what the coaching staff was asking him to do. Yeah. He's a young quarterback. Uh, he started a couple of what, three, four games last year. Mm-hmm. So he's not a rookie. I know people say, Well, he's still a rookie. No, he's not a rookie. He was there last year, but he's still young, second year guy. Asking him to be like ninety percent of the offense. No, that's that was that was criminal. It really was. When they got away from that, gave him a running game, you know, let him not don't make him do everything. you, you saw they were doing pretty well. Now I don't I don't know what the hell happened last week. That was you said it was painful for Eagle fans. That was painful <laughs> for football fans. Was, <laughs> yes it was. was. I mean, if you're a Giant fan, you can't be happy that I mean they won the game so you're okay, we won a game, but I, if I'm a Giants fan, I don't walk away from that game saying, "Hey, we've turned it around now. We're ready to go." No, that <laughs> was awful football.
0: Well, hey Mark, when you when you look at the, the the stats of the game, you say, "Well, we rushed for 208 yards rushing, we gave up 13 total points." You cannot come out of that with an L. It just doesn't work that way.
2: Well, you do when you when you turn the ball over four times and you don't get any turnovers
0: back.
1: Right.
2: Because I don't think I've ever seen. There's probably one somebody one of your fans will call and say, "Oh, in 1987, this happened." But I don't ever re- remember a game that I was at or covered where if a team had a minus four turnover differential that they won the game, that's just hard to
1: do. Yep. Um, Jalen Rager is not a real popular guy in town this week. He got seven, seven targets on Sunday. He did have two catches, but he also had two drops on the final drive. Meanwhile, Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith had seven targets total in the entire game, and Smith didn't have any targets on that final drive. There's no excuse for that, Mark. Do you agree? Well again, I'm not I'm not there. So I don't I mean,
2: you can't fo- if I'm if, listen, if I'm a defensive coordinator, the Eagles offense is not hard to defend, I don't think. I'm not letting Devonta Smith beat me. I'm I'm doubling him every play. If if you want to force the ball to him, go right ahead. I'm gonna have my best corner on him, or I'm gonna have two guys. You know what I'm saying? I don't want him to beat me, and I'm not gonna let him beat me. So they're going to have to live with that. They're going to have to either he's going to have to learn how to beat double coverage, which for a rookie isn't easy, and or somebody else has to step up. And obviously, rigor hasn't been the guy to step up, so maybe it's Quez Watkins or maybe now Goddard. I'm, you can't. I can't imagine they put that much coverage on both guys, right? I don't know. Like, again, I wasn't no. there and I didn't, I didn't watch it close enough. I, I didn't. You know, I don't have to do that stuff anymore. So
1: one catch, zero
2: yards for Goddard. That's, That's
0: not, not good not ever getting right. that money,
2: too, right? Yeah, right, exactly.
0: right. Well, you know, and I, I think it goes back to Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think he did, you know, he, he threw his interceptions. That was a good. But he made some good decisions at the end. He didn't have Smith open. He didn't force the ball to Goddard. He had Rager there, and Rager yeah. didn't catch the football. You know, um, I, I think from – to defend Hurts just a little bit, uh, they should have won that game. Reger's got to catch one of those two balls. He didn't catch, and it Hurts doesn't have to throw three interceptions either. Or they would not yeah.
2: the I mean, especially at the one at the one yard line, you can't throw an interception. I mean, you can't. That awesome. was a bad. That was a bad throw and a bad decision at that point. Well, the, the play before. I mean, that uh, they 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 did a lot of bad things in that game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I. You know what? I'm I I do a lot of stuff now because there's you know there's, there's gambling sites everywhere now. So some of them have, have. I do a little work for for a few of them. That lot, all week I'm saying oh, the Eagles, this is a three and a half. They're gonna they're gonna beat the Giants. And I kept thinking about it. Now I wasn't gonna bet the Giants under no circumstances. I, I think the Giants are an awful awful football team. But I got off the game because it just looked a little funny to me. It just looked. I thought and I thought and I I'm watching the game and I'm thinking this is perfect. The Eagles are gonna win this game 14-13, but they're not gonna cover. And that's what probably should have happened, hmm. but I mean, should have. Um, I don't. I don't know. If they, could they have possibly overlooked the Giants? They really shouldn't. I mean, yeah, they are, shouldn't. They are not, not that good, good enough, enough to anybody. look
1: over anybody. But, but hey, they were, You really, never what
2: know. They feel good about. It? See, here's what happened. I think, and again, I'm not there, but Dallas loses Thursday on that, and look, you know, bad, terrible loss for the Cowboys losing to at home to the Raiders, terrible loss. Yep. And all of a sudden, I'm reading and I'm hearing. Hey, you know, the Eagles could catch the Cowboys. Hey, they could catch the. All they got, they do this and the Cowboys do that. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, you're getting ahead of yourself here, people. Don't like, I wouldn't have, I, I'll be honest, if I was still, I would not have been writing about them catching the Cowboys just because the Cowboys lost to the Raiders. But everybody was there. Could the Eagles have maybe started to feel a little too good about themselves? Like, hey, yeah, we're going to catch the Cowboys. Everybody's telling us we're going to catch, and go out and play it away. Because they played, that was the worst game they played since. With the Raider game maybe way back when
1: or yeah, probably or Tampa Bay. I mean, they, they had looked, they had looked a lot better for a month. And two so things. They, the, the interception at the end of the first half was just yeah. horrible. I mean, he could have thrown it away and they could have at least gotten the field goal with two seconds left. And uh on the last play, the drop by Rager Smith was open on the left side. Uh, you, If you see the whole field video, he was ahead of his defender waving his arm and, he didn't get the get, didn't get the ball, but what are you gonna do? Now let me well, to. Don't, don't,
2: don't, don't leave Boston Scott out of it either. I know everybody loves oh, him. Oh, that fumble. That was a yeah, part. bad fumble. That's an, that's an inexcusable fumble, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of running backs, Miles Sanders, the Penn Stater, Mark. Uh he doesn't seem to be a favorite of Nick Sirianni for some reason. Uh he had a little ankle thing, but he didn't get much action in the second half. I think they worry about him fumbling a bit. What's your take on what you've seen from Miles Sanders? Is he a good running back is he a guy to keep around or is he maybe going to be trade bait this offseason i don't
2: think he's trade bait i mean what do you get for running backs these days they I mean, the yeah. value the, the, the value of a running back is next to nothing anymore i think sanders is a what a lot of teams have now running back by committee i think he's a, he, he might be the chairman of the board but he's still on the committee i think and i think that's the way to i think the way the game is now you have, you kind of want that almost you want to Two or three man committee at, at running back, and I don't mind uh, Sanders, Howard, uh, Scott. That's not a that's not a bad trio. I mean, I go back. I mean, go back. I don't know how many years now when the Eagles had uh, Staley, Do Staley, Brian, Young, Brian Westbrook, and Correll Buckhalter. That was pretty good, and they, yeah. you know, that that worked. They won a lot of games with 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 those three. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe you don't need three, but even if it's just, I don't know how. I mean how I, I still can't believe Howard was on the practice squad for a month and a half.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: And nobody, yeah. not just, from the Eagles standpoint, 31 other teams, somebody needed a running back. Didn't they?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, one thing that, uh, I was really happy turned out. Okay. Or at least it looks like it was okay. Was when, uh, Jason Kelsey went down, uh, Herbert came in. He certainly struggled. Uh, fortunately Kelsey made it back. I guess he's okay. Uh, and going to play this week, but uh, they could really not afford to lose Jason Kelsey.
2: Well, no, he's the he's the key to the whole offensive line. Obviously, he's, he's been there forever. God, he's been there so long. He's one of the few guys I still know on the team. Yeah. But uh, Herberg in his defense, I don't. He's not really a center, right? He's a guard. Which kind right, of yeah. surprised me that they didn't move the kid from Alabama, Dickerson, to center. Yeah, yeah, and put Herberg right. at guard because he is a center. He played yeah. center all through college. So, yeah. again, I don't – that was – again, I'm not there. Maybe Dickerson hasn't practiced at all at center and Herberg has. I don't know. But, yeah, he didn't look he, – he looks a lot better at guard than he does at center Herberg.
1: And Dickerson's gotten better and better every week. So uh, I think they they want to keep little him little, at left guard. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Hey, going to the other side, uh, the linebackers, Mark, they haven't drafted a linebacker since, I think, before you started covering them in the first round, Jerry Robinson back in the late 70s. I was still in school. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they so unwilling to devote, you know, money and high draft picks on linebackers? That's an unanswered. That's an unanswerable (laughs) question. And it's been, it's not just, I mean, it started with, you know,
2: in the eighties, although buddy Ryan took some in the second round. Yeah. Um, but like that, but under Lori and bat Joe banner back in the day, and they just don't value the linebacker position. And I, I'm not sure why, I mean, they have their reasons, I guess, but. And it's not like the last guy they took went any good. Gary Robinson was a great player, so the, was. the last one they yeah. took was they did pretty well with him. I mean, yeah. that, people say that they really did take a linebacker after that was Mark. They took Marcus Smith in the first round. He was,
1: <laughs> I mean, he was terrible. Yeah, like, technically,
2: he well, he was a pass yeah. rushing linebacker, but he was still, you know,
0: he was yeah. also a bust. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, well, and, yeah. Well, and you know, and I always figured it was just. I figured it was because of the Jim Schwartz-style defense, you know, while he was there for so long. They just they, didn't go that way. But that they, they don't run, run that defense James anymore. I mean, yeah, Jim Johnson
2: was there for yeah. a long time, and he was a linebacker coach, and they, right. they didn't take linebackers. So, I don't I, – I don't, it is a weird – it's a weird thing. I mean, they. I think they, they – I'm sure they've taken every other position in the first round since then, right? Maybe oh, not
1: yeah. seven. Few few wide receivers, that's for sure. A lot of wide receivers. receivers. So, Mark, uh, down in South Carolina, you're writing these days about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, They just right now might be the best team in the NFC. I know they are 2-2 and over the last four. But, you know, Arizona has some issues. They're the number one seed right now. Who is the team to beat in the NFC?
2: Well, you know, I'm a little biased, so I could could easily go along with you and say Green Bay. But I'm going to say... You're the champ until somebody beats you. So Tampa Bay, I mean, I know you, they're sitting there three, but they still have Brady, and they're the champ. So I, I'm going to say Green Bay's right there. All I think four of those teams. Maybe, yeah, I'm going to still put the Rams in there as a team that wouldn't surprise me if any of those four got. Well, the Rams might surprise me a little bit because Matthew Stafford isn't as good as people think he is. But uh, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Arizona they're. I mean, they're, they're, they're number one seed right now. Um, I think, I I think it's one of the, I think it's green Bay, Tampa Bay are probably the top two right now. Just like last year. Okay.
0: Hey Mark, yeah, I know working. Chet. I know Chet's going to want to squeeze a fast five in here with oh, yeah. you. So I want to, sure. I want to ask you, I want to switch subjects here on you. Uh, Dick Allen this Sunday, uh, the committee votes on him and the hall of fame along with Jim Cott and, uh, Minnie Minosa and several others. Um, Dick Allen getting in. I, I I'm not sure yeah. it's a it's a dropkick here. I uh, I don't know.
2: I mean, I know a lot of Philly people are really heavily campaigning for him. Um, is he? See, I don't.
1: I guess his numbers say he should be right. His numbers say he should be. Yeah, Com- yeah. Compared to all the other guys of his era, he he's right there with all the the numbers. Why
2: hasn't he gotten in? Yeah, I wonder about that. Like, it always cracks me up when a guy goes in. Like now, like, what? What did he do this year? Like, what? <laughs> like, in the last you know, fifty like,
1: years, yeah. like, he died a year ago. So <laughs> know, that. you know, that,
2: that's why he goes in. That's that's totally wrong because he, he
1: should have. Yeah. It's kind of sad when that happens because he should. have It is him. sad, oh, yeah. Got, it is know? sad. I, I think <laughs> part if of it he is belongs, he belongs. If he there was a he perception does. that he was a bad guy in the clubhouse, but most of his teammates say well, that is absolutely not the case. Plus, you got to consider all the stuff he had to overcome with the the racial taunts yeah, and everything that, in his yeah. early years. So, was he good to the right seat?
2: And This is I'm gonna I'm gonna get people mad at me, but I'm gonna say it, and I say it about football too. Yeah, writers. I don't think writers should vote for Hall of Fame. I really don't because number one as a fo- as a guy who covered football for 30 something years I think I know the game I, th- I like to think I was fair. I mean some people thought I was too fair <laughs> but um, we don't see everything like I don't if, if there's a guy from the Kansas City Chiefs up for Hall of Fame, what did I see the chiefs play once every while mean, like maybe they're on Monday night I'm at the Eagle game every Sunday. I'm not watching other games you know? and on then how often do you see these teams? So I think coaches and scouts, Scouts or general managers should vote because they know how they know the quality of the, they played against them. They know who they worked harder to, to you know, play. If, if a guy was a linebacker, say they know, well, oh, we didn't really care about him when we played. We, he's not a Hall of Famer or, Oh God, we, we spent all week worrying, worrying about him. I mean, writers, and I hate to say this again, but I think some writers are biased. If a guy didn't treat them well, they hold it against them. Now, I don't know how yeah. Dick Allen was a writer. He might have been greater, And then and vice versa, too. Some, some players are very media-friendly. So they get more votes because, mm-hmm. oh, he was such a good guy. Well, put him in the yeah. Good Guy Hall of Fame, but that don't mean he belongs in the Real Hall of
0: Fame. Sure. Well, you know, and that came up yesterday uh, in an article uh, with Jack, Jack McCaffrey, um, the Daily Times. He voted for Kurt Schilling last year. He did not vote for him this year. So he was a Hall of Famer last year, but because he ran his because he ran his mouth and said political things that people didn't like, he's not a Hall of Famer this year and didn't get on Jack's ballot. I guess that's exactly to your point.
2: Yeah, and I like Jack's a good friend, but yeah, I mean, you have to again it's about being fair. Like you can't let personal issues affect your vote for the hall for especially for the hall of fame that's the that's the ultimate compliment right hall of fame there's nothing better than that but i know, I know guys who voted like you know for, i used to have a vote every year for the a and with the ap for one year it was coach of the year next year it'd be rookie of the year next year it'd be mv whatever i never let my personal there were coaches i didn't like but if i thought they should be coach of the year i voted for them. and vice versa I, I might have a favorite coach but if he didn't have a co- if didn't have a good year, I wasn't going to vote for him for coach of the year just because I liked him.
1: Oh, you got anything else before uh, the big? No, five? let's go ahead and
0: hit the well, fast five no because we're going to run get, out of time. Let me get, let me get, and get, I, I know Mark loves this stuff. Listen <laughs> my favorite
1: part. Of the day. <laughs> up, Mark. I'm ready. I didn't I'm even prepare. I, I, only prepared a three and out because we were going to have another oh, guest, so I was going to give cool. it three and out. But I'm going to throw in two more to make okay. it a full fast five. So here we All go, right. Mark. Number one, which NFL team, good or bad, has been the biggest surprise this season? Oh, that's catching me off guard.
2: Good or bad? Um. Wow. Um. Seattle
1: Seahawks, bad. All right, I, they're I they're can go with that. Football. And good, yeah, the New, England, New England Patriots. Nobody thought the Patriots would be this good. Eh,
2: you're right. That that would be a surprise on the other side. But yeah. I'm more surprised that Seattle's this bad than that.
1: As long as Bill Belichick's your coach, you're you're going to there's you, you can't be too surprised. Number two, the big one here, will Jalen Hurts be the starting quarterback for the Eagles next September? Yes. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I said that, but I'm not as, I'm not as confident <laughs> as I sounded. <laughs> well, I'm hoping he has a good, you know, final five games and that, you know, he proves that he should How be. So we'll else? I mean, the draft yeah.
2: stinks this year. And I don't all right, gonna, I don't think you're going to trade for something like the big
1: name number thing. three. Mark, it's uh December. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Hmm, yeah,
2: National Lampoon Christmas vacation, Christmas vacation is that what it's called? Christmas, you know, yeah, the one that all that. that's probably up there. Is well, that might that, that's that's one of my favorite. I think that's up there. I like Elf, but that's just me. You oh, know? Elf's good too, yes, yes,
1: but I like. Num- I like the, Number four, who will meet in the Super Bowl in
2: February? Yeah, that one I expected. Yeah. Before the season, I picked Green Bay Buffalo, the two teams that lost in the championship games last year. I thought they would come back a little stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. You know what? I'm not switching. I I, just, I mean, they're both in stone in the mix. But the Bills have a huge game Monday night. Talk to me after Monday. I might change my mind on the AFC, but. um, Right now, I'm I'm going to stick to. I, I think they had the two best quarterbacks, Rodgers mm-hmm. and Will Allen. Um, they're both well coached.
1: Yeah, cold weather. This, this is a cold weather year. Green Bay, Buffalo. Fifth and final mark. I watched the Beatles Get Back three part series on Disney Plus over the weekend. It was great. Give me three of your favorite Beatles songs. Oh my! Um,
2: I, got, I got, only three.
1: Uh, yeah, there's there's a yesterday. ton. But, uh,
2: first yeah, yesterday. Series,
1: yesterday, okay.
2: A Day in the Life and Hey Jude. All right. That works. There you go. Is, is, is Get Back really good? I haven't seen it
1: yet. Yeah, it's really, really good. So is it better than, I, it than the McCartney 321? I didn't see I only saw oh, about 20 minutes good. of that. Yeah, I do want to see that also. So I have to I watch that's that. Was on, very, very that's good. on Hulu, right? I believe so, yes. It's it's tough to keep track of all this, but I spent a dollar ninety-nine to get Disney for one month just to watch mainly wow, that okay. is best two bucks no, I, I ever I, I, spent.
2: As I told you this this before, Bill, I'm sure, but in case anybody news listening, Chet invented, like, all this stuff. When, <laughs> the, the DVR. You know, when everybody else did, was, watching, yes. like, was watching, like, 3, 6, and 10, and that was, no, he had things going, <laughs> he had machines on top of machines. Was I time, did. I thought, I don't know where I was. He had all, it had been tape taping six different
1: it was amazing. Right? <laughs> I actually had three three VCRs going at once <laughs> in different rooms recording stuff, <laughs> no. stockpiling them. Uh, yeah, get out of here, Mark. We had box
2: series before that, <laughs> they, they were late. Exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, hey, Boy, hey, Mark,
2: we've 30 years, right, Ken? Or more? Yeah, yeah. 30 something years, maybe. Yep.
0: Hey, hey, Mark, we, as always, appreciate you coming by. You're an old war horse to us, but uh, don't take <laughs> that like personal. No, I like Very, that. I like old war horse. I like it. It right. sounds cool. All right. Like said, Merry Christmas, a Christmas to you and your yeah. family, too, if we thanks. don't talk to you before Christmas time. All right. It's a little early right, guys. for that, but hopefully we get to see you again. Thanks, All Mark. Take
2: care. Thanks, thanks All Mark.
0: Thanks. All right, Chet, fun stuff. Mark's always fun to have with us. Good stuff. Always, we, we always laugh our way through and have a good time and get good, good talk in. All right. Hey, Chad, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time for you to start saving
1: with all states pay as you go auto insurance. You got that right, Bill. All states pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that's our pal Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And you can start to save more now that you are driving less. And, Bill, i got to find our pal, Mr. Reese, right now. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese. And you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good!
0: Well, you know, Chet, that's about the only thing that's been good uh, in Philly sports. We, as we said, the Flyers have lost six in a row. By the way, they are already down two to nothing with six minutes to go in the first period to the Rangers tonight. Uh, so they're either going to come back or we're, they're going to lose number seven. Uh, things are ugly. The offense is atrocious. They, uh, By the way, they have the third least goal still, uh, and that gap is widening. It's not even close. They can't score. Our pal Sam Carcidi, me and Sam are going to disagree, although you agreed with them. It is not time to trade Claude Giroux because no one else scores on that team except Claude Giroux. What would you do
1: if you got rid of him? Well, I think – I would consider it just because they could probably get some decent value in return at this point for a guy who's still pretty decent and can help a team who is a legitimate playoff contender. The Flyers right now are on the outside looking in, and I don't think even if they sneak into the playoffs that they're going to do any damage this year. So that's why I would consider it and just start building for the future. And I think Sam in his article made the argument about what the Rangers did a few years ago. They pretty much completely dismantled it, trading off some of their you know, higher price than better quality veterans, and now look at them. They are looking great right now. So it's something to consider for the Flyers. You know, when I heard Tuesday morning, Bill, that the Flyers were holding a midday news conference, I thought, uh-oh, this could be the end for AV, or maybe they were unloading a veteran or two via a trade. But no, neither happened. Chuck was just kind of giving an update on things and admitting that uh, they're playing not as well as they should. And he basically admitted the power play is kind of stinko right now.
0: Yeah, was he just letting him know he was watching the same games we knew, we were watching because we <laughs> yeah, knew pretty what much. he was pretty Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, I, I just don't get get the philosophy though, Chet. I mean, if you're if you're going to make moves to get better, I'm all in for that. They they got rid of Jake Voracek. A lot of people were happy they got rid of Voracek, uh, but he also was tied for a uh, three way tie for the leading scores on the team last year, uh, with a lot of assists, a lot of setups. Uh, but they didn't replace those points. They got rid of Goss Despera because he was lousy on defense. They didn't replace his points. So, you know, they did, They did. I think, get a couple decent quality defensemen. But uh, you got to score. And to turn around and get rid of more offense and and depend on the Scott Lawtons and JVRs and those kind of guys, those guys aren't going to score points. Uh, and Joel Farabee's struggling a little bit early as well. Uh, I, I just can't see
1: it Well, I unless think you just want to mail the whole thing in. I think they expected more from some of these younger guys like Farabee and uh they're not getting it. And, you know, Morgan Frost just got called back up last week, but I think they were expecting him to be a little more ready than maybe he is right now. So, I mean, the first week and a half of the season, they were scoring like five goals a game. We thought, wow, this is going to be exciting. And now the last month they've been getting, two goals a night if they're lucky if they're lucky
0: and Blom still can't yeah. score can't even get an assist uh you know I mean it's it's a real struggle and it's it's painful to watch uh and and the goaltending is still for the most part hanging in there but it, it really doesn't matter if you lose two nothing or five nothing if you got nothing it, it really doesn't matter so yeah something's got to change it's got to happen quick
1: yeah. Something does have to change. And I, I don't know if they can do something via a trade or what, but I mean, if this keeps going for another couple of weeks, I think then they may look at changing the coach because, you know, that's the easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe there's something to that. I don't know.
0: You know, hockey seems to be a funny game. Once they find the net, all of a sudden everything finds the net. So it's just a matter of, you know, they got to get off the snide as they say. And, uh, somebody's got to get hot and be able to carry this team. And I'm not, not sure who that is.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. It's going to be an interesting, uh, next few weeks. And, uh, yeah, cause if they want me to start watching in January, they're going to have to start playing better.
0: <laughs> yeah, They might, they might want to still be in the hunt <laughs> or you'll yeah, be watching exactly. the
1: DVR instead. Exactly. You got it, Bill. Uh, you All know right. what, before we get to our football things, there's somebody at the door. Oh, that? is that you Chet? <laughs> i don't know who it is oh it is me yeah it is me thank goodness thank
0: goodness uh though i gotta bring this up yeah i like your shirt and not your sweater um thank goodness you're not wearing one of those sweaters
1: i know we gotta talk about that because here's what you're talking about bill uh i happened to run into santa the other day i was out in public and you made fun oh. of my beautiful eagle sweater, okay? I got a lot of compliments on that sweater, Bill. Santa liked it. Santa told me he was at the 1960 Eagles championship game, and so he's like pointing to me, like, "Hey, you're the man because you got a nice eagle sweater there, Mr. Chet." So I don't know why you got a problem with it. You don't even own a sweater, Bill. Any kind of sweater? No, I don't need a sweater. <laughs> well, yeah, you're in Florida, so I yeah. have a lot of
0: shorts and a t-shirt actually <laughs> uh, <laughs> right now. I don't, I don't wear sweaters, but. If I did, I I wouldn't wear one and go out with my wife and embarrass her looking like that. Oh, you know, that's
1: just me. I embarrass her in so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) She's kind of used to it. But anyway, Uh, I digress, Bill. Go ahead. It is December, and I am obligated to sneak in a random chat for my fellow beer-loving friends. Well, by now, you know I'm a beer lover. And last December, I tried to sample as many holiday-themed brews and winter beers as I possibly could. And I found a bunch of very good ones, and then I settled on five favorites. These five pictured here are all very good, but my absolute top choices from a year ago were the UFO Winter Blonde and Sam Adams Holiday White Ale, both very smooth and easy drinking beers. And I had such a good time sampling all those beers last December and January. I, of course, decided to do it again this year. And I got a November start this time around. And hey, here's a great way to sample beers. Pick up a 12-bottle variety pack that a lot of brewers put out this time of year. And I went with a Sam Adams Beers for Cheers 12-pack. Two beers each of six different varieties. I had already tried a couple of them last year. But this year, I enjoyed two new-to-me brews. Sam's Roasted and Robust Holiday Porter and a Rich and Spice Old Fezziwig both with an alcohol by volume of just under 6% and both very tasty. Oh, there's also a Holiday Hoppiness Reunion IPA. Well, I'm sorry. If you know me, you know that I'm just not a big IPA guy, so I can't fairly review that one. Now, two other holiday beers that I've tried over the last couple of weeks that I can recommend from Lansdale, Pennsylvania's Round Guys Brewing, Christmas in Hollis, a brown ale with cinnamon and vanilla, 7.1% ABV, real tasty. And from Downingtown's Victory Brewing, Merry Monkey, a Belgian-style ale with cranberry, orange peel, cinnamon, and nutmeg, and a hefty 10% ABV. Yeah, it's strong, and it's, I guess, Victory's answer to Trogues, 11% ABV, Mad Elf. I'll still give Mad Elf the edge, though. And by the way, I can't remember this picture being taken last year, which is maybe a testament to that 11% ABV. Admittedly, I'm a bit of a goofball. Yes, I actually do keep track of all the new-to-me beers that I sample. And, well, if you're interested, here's a list of the two dozen Christmas and winter beers that I have tried last winter and the last couple of weeks this year. If you look at the ratings, you can see that I'm particularly a fan of wheat beers and brews that maybe have a little vanilla and or cinnamon flavor to them. This time of year. For now, though, my favorite is still the one I got last year, the UFO Winter Blonde. That's this one right here. It's a great vanilla coffee ale and just 4.9% ABV. Mm. Yum. Whatever you choose, enjoy. And as always, drink responsibly.
0: There you go, Bill. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I got to say, uh, the people that are the marketing people that make the. Uh, the wrappers, you know, yeah, the all cans, that. Yeah. yeah, they're they're, they're cool. They're, they're cool. I don't know if the beer's any good,
1: but uh, they do have creative designs, put it that way. That they do. And I do recommend trying those samplers if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, 20 bucks for a 12 pack of those, Sam Adams, and they're all pretty good, other than the IPA, which, as you know, I don't
0: like. There you go. All right. I'm sure people will enjoy that little segment, actually. Very good. Cheers. All right, there's a looking at you. All right, let's give a shout-out to all the shows that will be live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, Jet, including this one. The episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting the subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our partners at Philly Sports, including the Broad Street Bully podcast. Jeff, Drew, and Doyle can be heard Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Talking all things Flyers. Edge of Philly Sports Live. Join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al, who say cover four for four. <coughs> Excuse me. And so much more. Philly Sports Live tonight, Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out Birds IQ with Kyle and Eric Quinn. Thursday nights at 7 p.m., they're talking all things Birds. Patterson Avenue Fanatics, every Saturday, 9 a.m., wake up and have breakfast with the gang. TK, Marks, James, Dave, Paul, and Damon, and get your Philly sports talk on. And new shows, Chet. The network has added a couple. The Monday Mailbag with Joey Sharon on Monday afternoons. And Fridays with Freddie, with Freddie Burns, our good friend, on Friday afternoons. Check them out. If you miss them, you can grab the podcast at all the other spots or visit eopsports.com for all the great articles and, spot and sign up for the newsletter. It will be in your email on Friday mornings about
1: 10 a.m. Hey, by the way, Bill, uh, on that little graphic that we showed, we had a picture of Jen Scordo in addition to Mark Eckel. Jen was supposed to be on our show this evening, Jennifer Scordo from 97.5 The Fanatic. But due to, uh, let's say, circumstances beyond our control, she was not able to do that. We're going to try to reschedule her for the future and uh, hopefully make it happen. So that's why Jen is not with us this evening. But we got to spend a little more time than we thought we might with Mark Eckel, So that was good. And I got to talk about beer. There you go. There you go. <laughs>
0: well, uh, speaking of needing a beer, uh, <laughs> it's time to make our picks again, the fearless NFC East predictions. Uh, how do we do? How did Seattle lose to the football team? Seattle,
1: the football team's terrible. And apparently Seattle's worse. Bill, uh, In case you haven't noticed, the Seahawks are stinking it up this year. And, you know, Mark even said that that's one of his biggest surprises, how poorly they've played. Russell Wilson is not Russell Wilson right now. He's got the hand or wrist injury or whatever it is. Uh, Anyway, that's their problem. But Boop and I once again last week had the exact same picks. You did take Seattle to knock off that Washington football team. You came up a couple of points short, uh, 17-15 loss. By the Seahawks and by the way, Washington for the moment, despite being just five and six is in that seventh and final NFC (laughs) wild or playoff seed right now. So go figure. Anyway, Boop and I were both two and two last week. You were one and three because of that one different than you are now three games back of Boop and me who do remain tied for first place. It's getting late early.
0: Time to jump in there. I better better start making up some ground jet. That's all I can tell you. All right, here we go. Let's start out. Thursday night football, Dallas visits New Orleans this week. Cowboys are minus four and a half. Washington visits Las Vegas to face the Raiders. The Raiders are minus two and a half. The Giants go south to play the Dolphins. The Dolphins are minus three and a half. And the Eagles visit the Jets. The Eagles are minus six and a half. That's really interesting. Who does Boop like Thursday night when Dallas visits New Orleans with the Cowboys being... Four and a half point favorites.
1: Well, I just printed out Boop's picks right before the show, and I haven't even looked at them, but let's find out. Uh, Cowboys at Saints. He says Dallas has not lost to an NFC team since opening night. His pick is the Cowboys. He says, won a bet? The bottom has fallen out for New Orleans. Feel free to lay more than the five points or so here. Make a little more money. So he likes the Cowboys big time, apparently. So do I. I, I like the Cowboys to win I hate the Cowboys otherwise but I think they're going to beat the Saints
0: yeah I think they're going to beat the Saints the Saints quarterback situation is a bit of a train wreck right now and Dallas is a mystery though because they they're stinking as bad some days as the other as the others uh a couple of weeks ago we were talking about them running away heck they ain't running away from nothing yeah all next right, up. next up, what do we have? Uh, speaking of the football team, Washington visits uh, Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Raiders minus two and a half.
1: Who do you like? Uh, let's see. Boop says the football team can win out and successfully defend its NFC East title. Now, that's funny. I don't see that <laughs> happening. But uh, he doesn't either, apparently. He's picking the Raiders. He also says if you want to bet, go low. Five of the last six Washington contests have been under. So Boop is picking Vegas, and I think Boop and I are going to end up having the same exact picks again this week. I'm taking the Vegas Raiders as well to beat Washington.
0: Yeah, I, I'm still not sold on Washington. I'm going to take the Raiders just because I still don't think Washington's any good. I guess they, they're they going to keep trying to prove me wrong, but uh, I'm going to go Raiders at home also.
1: And, of course, that would help the Eagles' playoff chances, which are still, you know, very much there there because Washington did, did is—
0: you, Did you say playoffs?
1: Yeah, I know. Don't I'm not going to play Jim Moore again. Playoffs! But, yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> All right, Giants go to Miami, play the Dolphins. Dolphins minus three and a half. That's two bad football teams, too.
1: Boop says New York is just one and four on the road, and that was a come-from-behind overtime victory against New Orleans. He says nothing doing South Beach. His pick is the Dolphins. He notes that Miami has held four consecutive teams to 17 points or below. He says bet an under on a New York Giants total. He wasn't impressed with that powerful Giants offense this past Sunday, I guess. Uh, Anyway, he's picking Miami, and I am as well. I'm taking the Dolphins, who have been playing a little better lately, Bill. Uh, We thought they were going to be a bottom five team in the league this year, and the Eagles were going to get a great pick. They're playing too well all of a sudden, and I'm picking Miami.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to have to, too, which is probably not going to work out because we're all going to pick the same teams, but I'm going to have to take the Dolphins as well. All right, Eagles visit the Jets. The Eagles are – Minus six and a half. I don't know how they could be six and a half
1: point favorites over anybody, frankly. Because the Jets stink and the Eagles, uh, the Jets have and never. the Eagles don't? Well, yeah. The Jets the- have never, ever, ever beaten the Eagles in a regular season game. Uh, and Boop says that right here. The Jets are the only New York area team of any of the four Phillies, Phillies pro sports teams that also have a current winning streak against. The Birds are 11-0 and all-time. Let's hope that doesn't change. Boop picks the Eagles. He says, if you want to bet, whatever you wager on, stay away from the birds passing game. Yeah, that's probably always good advice. But Boop does like the Eagles. I think they're going to have a big game this week. I think they're going to be a little bit ticked off of what happened last week up at MetLife. And they're going to go back there this week and show off that they you know, can be a decent team, at least. At least when they're playing the Jets. I'm taking the Eagles 34-17.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles only because I think they'll run the ball like crazy like they want to uh if it becomes close you know and they start turning the ball over and all that blah and anything could happen but i'm going to say they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage and i I think the eagles will win this game only because the jets are just that
1: bad and i'm going to make a prediction that next week you're still going to be three games behind when you ask me
0: i like the way you're thinking (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking i'm thinking i know my math all right hey one quick thing i want to throw up here this was on my list but pj just ask this. Russell Wilson linked to the Eagles for 2022. It's that's rumors starting to pick up steam, Jet. Uh what do you think? You think that's even a possibility? And do you want it to be a possibility?
1: Well, I think it's going to depend on what happens over the next five weeks. I think if Jalen Hurts plays anywhere close to how he played last week up at MetLife, they have to look at Russell Wilson or whoever might be available. Uh, But if Russell or if uh, Jalen plays like he did the previous week or two, uh, all these games and, you know, maybe they win four out of five and sneak into the playoffs at nine and eight, then they decide to stick with Jalen Hurts for at least another year. So I think it really comes down to how Hurts plays over the next five weeks. But if he is showing that he's not the guy long term, I think you got to look at Russell Wilson, who who apparently, you know, wouldn't mind leaving Seattle at this point. So, uh, yeah, it's going to come down to what happens in December. Well, we'll see. Interesting. I don't
0: know why he'd want to come here, but
1: <laughs>
0: we'll find out at this point. All right. Hey, Chet, great guest tonight. And Mark Eckel. who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio
1: next week? That's a very good question. Oh, I have it here. Uh, thank goodness. Next week, Bill, we're going to welcome back an old friend who last joined us about 14 months ago. He is uh, a guy who can talk about the entire Philly sports scene with us and he can also talk about well pretty much that's not it where is he there he is right there it's our pal kevin cooney we can talk about whatever happens with the dick allen hall of fame vote this weekend we can talk with him about jimmy rollins hall of fame outlook kevin cooner cooney is a voting member of the baseball writers so uh Kevin's going to join us next week. And as I said, he could talk about all of the Philly sports and beyond. We haven't had him on since September of last year. So it'll be good to have him back on with us once again.
0: And you notice that Kevin has on a uh, neck thing there for Nova the Notre Dame fighting yeah. Irish. And uh, Kevin is fired up about what happened out there. So we'll certainly be able to talk about that, especially once we'll know who the final four are in the college football playoffs. Yeah. And if Notre Dame, is in for some reason and their coach is not there is going to be really, uh, really very, interesting. very interesting. Notre Dame fans, not happy about what's going on there.
1: Yeah. Kevin's a fan of Notre Dame. He's also a big fan of college football and basketball. So, uh, we can go all over the place with Kevin next week. Absolutely. All right, let's take another quick break and thank
0: our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page. So people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes. They give greater odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win? They also started their 25 Days of Christmas Mystery Boxes just today, Chet, through Christmas Day. That box opening will be at 8.15 tonight. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's ppcc 118 Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Room on Facebook. Hmm. Hey, Chet, before we get to parting shots, I don't know if you have one. I did want to give another shout-out to uh, a reminder that Carolyn Smith is on a journey to adopt all 100 grandparents at the Brumall Manor in Brumall PA. Carolyn trying to raise money. Uh, If you can find your way to a $25 donation to help the elderly, uh, donations can be accepted via Venmo at Carolyn with a Y, C A R O L Y N hyphen S M Y T H 28, at Carolyn Smith 28 on Venmo. Greatly appreciated. Parting shot for you, sir.
1: Didn't write anything down, Bill, but I do want to mention that this Saturday, the Phillies are holding their annual event at the ballpark, the New Era store at the ballpark. It is their holiday sale and tree lighting. It is this Saturday from 10 to 6. Most of it happening right in the New Era Phillies store outside uh, the ballpark. And it's a good time because, of course, the Fanatic will be there. But also, if you can see the schedule right here, you can – Wander around the infield and, you know, take pictures in the dugout or down on the field at Citizens Bank Park. You can meet and greet Phillies broadcasters, Ruben Amaro Jr., Larry Anderson, Ben Davis, a little later in the day then, Scott Fransky and Kevin Franzen. And, uh, oh, I didn't even see this. Enjoy Jim Beam sampling. Wow. All right. I'm in. So that'll be this Saturday from 10 to 6 at the New Era store at Citizens Bank Park. I have gone, I think, five years in a row before last year when they had to cancel it because of COVID, of course, and I can't wait to get back there this Saturday.
0: All right. I just wanted to throw out, Chet, uh, my trip to the Iron Bowl was spectacular. Yep. Uh, You know, I I went there. um, I got tickets through my good friend Gino Toretta, the Heisman Trophy winner from Miami. Gino and I have been friends for a long time. (laughs) And uh, actually, Gino was broadcasting the game on Touchdown Radio, which he happens to own. Uh, so we, we were, he hooked us up. Uh, we also got to go to a tailgate. Really interesting, Chet. Uh, uh, ran into a guy who happens to be a senator um, from the state of Alabama, Tommy Tuberville, who used to be a football coach, um, and recruited two of the kids that I coached back, uh, Kendrick Vincent, who went with Tommy to Ole Miss, and Wayne Dickens, who went to Auburn, that Tommy came and recruited. So got a chance to talk to Senator ex-coach, Tommy Tuberville, at the tailgate, then went in to see the game, which was just a classic. And uh, the, the crowd, nothing like it, just just electric. And uh, the game was was really special, double or four overtimes, first time in 85 Ar- uh, Iron Bowls they ever played overtime. Uh, it was just so much fun. And, uh, you know, I, I really was – I'm a neutral fan in this game. But I kind of wanted to see Auburn win. They were controlling the game because I wanted to see a field rush. Yeah. I wanted to see it live. I wanted to see what it really looked like live. Uh, it looked like they had it, and uh, but you could feel that momentum changing. And Alabama is Alabama and came back and uh, took that thing at the end. It was uh, – yeah. but a great event. Me and Mike, my son, got to, got to go to that and uh, really fun. One, one off the bucket list.
1: I saw the whole fourth quarter and the overtimes. And, yeah, I was rooting for Auburn, too, just because I like to see Bama lose occasionally. And, plus, as you said, I would love to have seen the the storm, the field, and uh, the celebration. So, sorry that didn't happen, but I know you had a great time. That's
0: cool. It was a lot of fun. Like I said, one off the bucket list. Been wanting to go there since Bear Bryant was roaming the sidelines 100 years ago.
1: Wrap it up, Bill.
0: All right. We'd like to thank tonight's special guest, Mark Echo. our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House. Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chetchesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoy the show. We'll join Philly Pressbox Radio next Wednesday, December 8th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, PhillyPressBoxRadio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Philly Pressbox Radio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, Radio, and All the others. And, Chet, I'm going to say it. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Let's give some Sixers love tonight.